1: I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network.
2: Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome into The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I'm Marlia Campbell, sports director here at WIBW, and the man across the studio from me today is Scott
1: Chasen. Yeah, Marlia, I'm glad you're filling in for Fitz. Much to my chagrin, Fitz will actually be back (laughs) next week, but very excited to have
2: you here. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. And Fitz was at the Wichita State-K-State game today, which we're excited to get to later. Jealous he was there. Okay, so you can interact with us here on social media at facebook.com slash The Drive Show and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com. We'll start things off here with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's, your work boot center.
1: Well, we'll start with football. Kansas State has its bowl game set. The Wildcats will head to Houston to face LSU in the Texas Bowl. Marlia, what do you make of this draw for the Wildcats?
2: I like it. I really do. You know, I was among that cohort that was a little hopeful for the Cheez-It Bowl, but uh, obviously with Iowa State taking the head-to-head game with K-State, I see where that happened. But I think the K-State fan base should be really excited about this one. First of all, it's within driving distance, 10 hours down to Houston, so hopefully a lot of folks are able to make it out. But Second of all, you got to look at K-State's opponent, LSU. That's an SEC team with a lot of history, a lot of prestige. This is a really good opportunity for K-State to go out on a high note, and we all know this has been a year of a lot of highs and lows, peaks and valleys for this team. You start out 3-0 in the non-conference slate, lose three to start Big 12 play, win four, lose the last two. Skylar Thompson's been out twice with injury, so It's certainly been a year of a lot of highs and lows, and what better way to go out on a high note than with a big win over LSU. I think this would be huge to carry that momentum into the offseason. And to, uh, to end this one, you know, end the stories you've heard a lot this season uh, with a good close to the chapter. So I'm excited about this one. Scott, what about you?
1: Well, I think it is a good draw. And you mentioned it. K-State has had like a bunch of mini-seasons almost. When yeah. you uh, consider the way things have gone, when they've been good, they've been really good. And it's kind of interesting just how the schedule works out, right? You end the season against Texas. I think a lot of people were disappointed just with the way it ended. Texas was kind of floundering, then ends up beating Kansas State. Well, here's an, ex- uh, an opportunity to face another marquee program in what feels like a pretty big game and get a win on a national stage. You know that you'll have a ton of eyeballs on you. Marlia, throughout the year, I've been impressed by K-State, by Chris Kleinman, just how they've dealt with adversities, how anytime they've hit kind of a valley, they've, they've gotten back on top with a peak. That part of things has been impressive to me, just seeing how their coaches have really handled a lot of the stuff that's gone on.
2: Yeah, and the leadership group with Skylar Thompson and that senior class, even Deuce Vaughn taking the mic. They're always talking about how close this team is in the locker room, and you can see that uh, on the field, on the sidelines. So, yeah, this is a close team that's battled a lot of adversity. I'd really like to see them go out on a win here against a good LSU team. They're coming off of a 27-24 win over Texas A&M, so they're playing with momentum. I think we'll have a good one down in Houston.
1: Should be a good one.
2: All right, let's move on to some KU hoops. The Jayhawks mm-hmm. defeated St. John's by 20 on Friday. Scott, Christian Brown led the way with a career-high 31 points. Mm-hmm. What do you think of his performance?
1: Well, it's interesting, Marley, because Christian Brown scored 30 in a game last year. It was early in the season. But that, it, it almost felt fake. That sounds kind of harsh, <laughs> but it, he wasn't the player he is now. He's taking like three times as many shots this year from two-point range as he was last year, and you know like half as many from three. And that doesn't mean he's a you know become a bad three-point shooter. He's just figured out that he's a big dude. He's taller than you think. He's athletic. He can dunk on guys. He's done it this year. Uh, and at one point, got a technical for pointing on a guy that Love he had. Love
2: it. I'm here for that. Honestly, <laughs> it,
1: it was great. Um, this this game, he had another dunk. This time, he kind of mean mugged the guy in the camera. He, I think he learned his lesson. Look, this was not maybe a legitimate 31 points. There was a a sequence where uh, St. John's got two technical fouls in a row, which gave him four quick free throws to get over the hump. Every point counts when you're trying to get to 30. But Christian Brown has taken this gigantic step forward as a two-point scorer, as a guy who knows defenses are going to run at him, and then can attack off the bounce and, oh, by the way, yes, still knock down that shot. Kansas Kansas right now is lacking a dog. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're Uh, good. uh, And I think he's also the the kind of natural guy to fill that role because he plays with attitude too and I think that's what makes him such an exciting player.
2: Yeah, I love the swagger he's been playing with this year and as you mentioned you know we've known Christian Brown's a spot shooter for a long time now but to add that multi-dimensional part of his game, if you close out tight on Christian Brown he's going to go right past you he's a threat at the rim. But same thing if you kind of give him a step hoping to not get beat off the drive he'll shoot a three in your face so He's definitely a a big asset to KU this year.
1: And and the numbers have been kind of crazy. He's second on the team in points with about 16, first on the team in rebounds with about seven. He's averaging three assists, second on the team, a steal and a half, first on the team. I think a lot of people thought Jalen Wilson was going to naturally take that step forward as the rebounding, four-man, do-everything kind of chess piece. Instead, at least early part of the season, it's been Christian Brown, it's been really impressive.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Let's hop over to football again. Baylor is this year's Big 12 champion. I'm sure a lot of you watched that (laughs) impressive goal line stand against Oklahoma State, my goodness. Scott, it was a good win for Baylor, but how much do you think this hurt the Big 12?
1: I think it hurt the Big 12 a lot. And now look, congratulations to Baylor because that was a fantastic game, a fantastic finish. Just all those chances for OU right down at the goal line. By the way, that play fake you just saw on your screen, some of the most impressive quarterback acting (laughs) I think you'll see just how casual and oh no, I I handed it off. But no, look, extremely impressive for Baylor this season. Dave Aranda had that, that whole staff unit, everything. Good for Baylor in this one because at the end of the day, Baylor does not really care about Oklahoma State making the college football playoff. Yes, it's good for the Big 12. It's good for the league. Why this is bad for the Big 12, especially because you have OU, you have Texas leaving. So anytime you can have, first of all, a championship game with two other programs, I think that's really exciting. This was the opportunity for Oklahoma State to come out to look really impressive. And they were that short of at least getting into the conversation for the college football playoff which I think would've been a huge deal. Now, me personally, I would've liked to see Cincinnati anyway, but it would've been great for the Big 12 to get them.
2: How close do you think they would've been had uh, Oklahoma State, you know, Made a, made a different ending in that four-line uh, or four-play goal line stand at the end there.
1: Yeah, I actually think the committee might have looked for an excuse to put him in because that's what the committee does, right? The committee hates the little guy. But, I mean, it's got to be so conflicting. Just being a college football fan, watching that game, on one side you're like, oh, this is a good team, a different team that could potentially knock Cincinnati out. I'm excited by the field. I'm excited by everything. But I I don't know about you. I think both of these teams could hang with any team.
2: Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree with that.
1: Yeah. Well, defensively, too, I was looking up some of the numbers from ESPN's SP Plus stat. It basically tells you how good the team is offensively, defensively. Big 12 had six teams ranked outside the top 60 in defense. So you'd say same old Big 12, the conference's defense was down. We also had four teams ranked way up there, including Oklahoma State, all the way at number five, the number five defense in the nation. I really would have liked to see Oklahoma State get a chance to play a team like like in Alabama and see what happens. But instead, we get Cincinnati, and we'll talk about that a little more, too.
2: That we will. Now a quick look at your poll question results this week. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate.
1: Last week's question was, will Oklahoma State make the college football playoff with a Big 12 title win? 73% of people said yes, they thought the Cowboys would. 27% no, it did not matter because they did not win.
2: (laughs) This week's question is, how do you expect Cincinnati to perform in the college football playoff? A, blowout loss in the semifinal round. B, close loss in the semifinal round. C, loss in the championship game. Or D, win the college football championship. You can vote on our Twitter page. That is at the drive 13.
1: Well, that will do it for this half of the two minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K state on the drive.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
2: Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center.
1: Well, K-State basketball just wrapped up a game against Wichita State. As we were getting ready for today's show, we watched Kansas State pull away late here. Marlia, what would you see from the Wildcats in today's game? And has anything jumped out to you about that team so far this season?
2: Yeah, first of all, I love that this game was scheduled. So to whoever was involved in making that decision, kudos to you. I hope we see more of this down the road. The first time in 18 years we had this game, and what an atmosphere it was. You know, about an hour before the game, we got a, a news release from K-State Athletics saying Nigel Pack would not be taking the court today. He got injured in practice. And I think uh, nerves kind of built throughout the K-State fan base at this point. Pack is leading the team in scoring. He's certainly a key part of this team. And you know, the first couple minutes, K-State didn't give a lot of reason to increase confidence. They were down 12 early, and uh we're just really struggling out of the gates here. So um, certainly they they picked things up here. They ended up closing the half on a 24 to 10 run, and they ended up playing really well, taking a two-point lead at half. And then we gotta talk about the final two minutes here. <laughs> we're tied. With a little over two minutes to go, K-State goes on a 7-0 run in a minute 15. Absolutely huge win for K-State today. Uh, On the road, a packed atmosphere, a good Wichita State team that took down Oklahoma State last week. So this is a really good Shocker team. I think this should be a huge confidence-building team for this team, for the fan base. Uh, It's just, this was a great win by K-State.
1: Yeah, and you, you think other than the, the two stumbles they had against very good teams, by the way, both of which were close games, Yeah. Uh, although they were kind of different ways of arriving at being a close game. Look, K-State's played well, and, and you're right. Nigel Pack was out. There's a lot of data in college basketball that tells us when one player is out for one game, maybe it doesn't mean as much as you think. But Nigel Pack does everything for K-State. He handles the ball so much. He's a, yeah. an important scoring presence. I'll admit, when he was out, I figured, you know, especially with the way this game started, it kind of seemed like they were done in this one instead. K-State was so impressive, and so impressive late. Just, you mentioned that run, a big three by Noel, and then uh, just kind of held it from there. Really impressive win.
2: Yeah, and this K-State team at this point in the season is leaps and bounds ahead of where K-State was last year. Actually, this week is the one-year anniversary of the Fort Hayes State loss. We don't need to talk about, but (laughs) what an improvement K-State has made. And I I think that's for several reasons. One, the returners have really stepped up. Selden Miguel is such a lift off the bench. He's doubling his rebounds right now. He's averaging six. He was about three last year, so he's really stepping up in all facets of his game. And two, K-State won the transfer portal. You think about the three guys they brought in. They've really stepped up. They're all averaging more than 20 minutes a game. So I I think this is a K-State team people should be excited about. And
1: how about easy, Agu, by the way? Great first half and carried it through, even with some foul trouble.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, Scott, it's Missouri week. Speaking of big rivalries (laughs) coming back for KU, what do you make of the game coming to Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday? And how intense do you expect it to be?
1: I think it'll be intense. I'm very curious to see how this compares to Kansas-Missouri games in years past, just because a lot of the guys on the roster, there are a lot of new faces around now. Some people look will be very familiar. Christian Brown will be very familiar with this rivalry. Dwan Harris, who is from Missouri, will be very familiar with this rivalry. Ochai Abaji, Mitch Lightfoot. These are guys who kind of know a little something. Maybe they don't quite know what it means to play in, you know, at Missouri or in that atmosphere. But it should be interesting because this game does mean a lot to a lot of people, Kansas fans, Missouri fans, I think to varying degrees will tell you they either did or didn't want this game to be played, but it is going to be played. So for a Kansas team that's pretty veteran-laden, you know, they need to be expecting a pretty strong first punch and, and effort, energy, everything from Missouri. Now, look, Kansas is a lot better than Missouri. I think we've seen that this year. I mean, Missouri lost to UMKC and then got roasted by them on Twitter for God's sake. Kansas, this Kansas team, has a loss but should be somewhere in the range when we do our picks. We've made them about a 20-point favorite in this game. That should be where it settles. Kansas has a top 10 team. Missouri does not. This is a rebuilding if you want to be kind to its squad for the Tigers. So Kansas has the talent advantage. I am curious to see if they play with the edge that Bill Self wants because that has been lacking at times this year.
2: Yeah, and the atmosphere is just going to be unbelievable. One of my formative memories at Allen Fieldhouse is I was at the game, the Mizzou-KU game years ago where KU set the decibel record um, (laughs) before the game. So these are two really passionate fan bases. This is a historic rivalry, and I think – you know which team is going to be able to handle that pressure to keep composure at the beginning of the game? I think we got a good one on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and, and look, I know one of the reasons why people weren't necessarily in favor in starting this up. People would say, well, this helps Missouri more than Kansas, or you know, the last memory was so good that 2012 game, the Thomas Robinson block, Tyshawn Taylor. You know, Kansas finding a way to win without Jeff Withey. All of that. Uh, Look, we're with Jeff Withy not able to play because of the matchup. Look, that that memory stays in the past. This game is getting restarted. So I I think fans might take a game or two to ease into it. It may even take a Missouri win in this series to really get them back into it. Uh, But over time, I, I think this thing ramps up. I think it'll be a whole lot of fun.
2: Absolutely. And now we step out of bounds out of bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for over 60 years. Well, let's step out of bounds from the Big 12 into the national stage of college football. The field is set for the college football playoff with Alabama, Cincinnati, Georgia and Michigan making the cut. Scott, did the committee get it right?
1: I think the committee did. You could have some problems with how these teams are seeded. You know, it's funny, people complained all year about Michigan being ranked ahead of Michigan State, even though Michigan State had a close head-to-head win. Then at the end of the year, now you're hearing people say, well, why isn't Michigan number one? Although Michigan was extremely impressive in beating Iowa. Look, I'm excited for Cincinnati. I, I think it would have been cool to see Oklahoma State in, but with the way the Alabama-Georgia uh, you know, game went, only one of those teams could make it in. It's awesome that Desmond Ritter, that Cincinnati, that this team that was shut out last year, that probably thought for much of this year, you know, hey, we don't even have a shot to get here. They're going to get that opportunity. Uh, I'm guessing 90% of the country is going to be rooting for the little guy uh, when they play Alabama in the first game. Obviously Michigan will then play Georgia in what should be, I mean, Michigan is playing its best ball right now. Georgia hasn't really been tested in a while. That I think we will have two great games. Personally, I have no clue what will happen. I think Alabama is coming into its own in the right time. They're probably my pick to win the whole thing. I'm expecting some really good football games, and we haven't always had that in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Meadowlark, supporting people in living their best lives. Our fan question this week is to Scott. Mm -hmm. Do you think Ochai Abaji has a real shot for National Player of the Year? That's from Gary in Topeka. Thanks, Gary.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, Look, Ochai Abaji's stats have been remarkable. He's over 20 points, 22 points, four rebounds. He scored 20 points or more in five out of the seven games this season. He's taken his game to a new gear, and it feels consistent, right? It it feels sustainable in a way that I actually think he does have a shot, maybe not for National Player of the Year, but definitely to land on one of the All-American teams and probably to be a first-team All-American. When you watch Ochai Abaji play, I I don't know about – you know, any of our viewers are welcome to disagree. I've never felt like he's forcing it. I- I've never watched Ochai Abaji play and thought, man, that guy is just trying too hard to get his own shot. He lets everything come to him. He's so good catching the ball off a handoff or a ball screen, taking, you know, coming off a ball screen, getting the ball, taking one dribble, shooting, stepping in, you know, uh, from the three-point line, taking a three. Really has extended his range. He's made his mechanics better. I think Ochai Abaje is going to continue to play like this because I haven't seen anything this year that has felt unsustainable.
2: Yeah, Scott, you know, after one of the early games, Ochai said the decision to come back was close, but he's (laughs) glad he did. How are you feeling this summer and did you see this coming or did you think he might stick with the draft?
1: I thought he would probably end up coming back mostly because I wasn't sure about his NBA stock and my guess is he probably was going to want some kind of a guarantee going to the next level. He's exceeded expectations as far as I'm concerned. I'm not Sure, if you agree. But when when I've watched him, I did not expect this. I expected him to be good. I did not expect him to be this good.
2: Absolutely, mm-hmm. I would one hundred percent agree with that. He's stepped it up uh, after an incredible season last year. He's really stepped it up, and I think raised his draft stock uh, mm-hmm. considerably.
1: I definitely expect him to be a first round pick now. Well, For sure. Remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at the Drive Thirteen. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on the Drive.
0: so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page. Again, that's at the Drive13. Let's look at last week's results. The viewers went two and one. Fitz went one and two. Scott, you went two and one.
1: Yeah, it's it's been a struggle as you can see from the standings. Fitz now tied with the fans. I know he'll be very excited <laughs> about that when he gets back and Uh, I'm still back of everyone, just trying to chase a little bit. But Marlia, you have the chance and the opportunity to get Fitz actually turned around. So this is a...
2: All right, no pressure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, so we're going to start with KU and Missouri. Scott, I'm going to let you go first on this one.
1: Yeah, so we've made Kansas a 19 and a half point favorite. Jayhawks have to win by 20 or more. This is a huge line. I'm still going to take Kansas because I think Kansas is that much better than Missouri. But we'll see. Rivalry games usually tend to be a little bit closer than you'd think.
2: All right. Sorry, Fitz, because I'm going to take a bit of a risk here. I'm going to call Missouri on this one. I think the atmosphere is going to be huge. I think Mizzou might step up to it, so I'm going to go ahead and call Missouri on this one. Sorry in advance, Fitz, because I don't have a great feeling about that one, but I'm going to go with it.
1: Well, next, K-State Pickham versus Marquette. Look, Kansas State, incredibly impressive in this game, especially without Nigel Pack. We'll see uh, when he comes back and, and how well he's able to play. This is a midweek game. Marlia, who you got in this one?
2: I got to go with K-State. I think they're going to build off the momentum of this huge win on the road. They're clearly getting into a bit of a rhythm here. They're fighting their footing. I'm going to go with K-State in this one.
1: I will take Marquette, maybe a comeback down-to-earth game for Kansas State. But I tell you, the one thing that really impressed me, how this game started for Kansas State, They absolutely could have crumbled, you know, just said, hey, we don't have our team. We're going to, you know, no one ever packs it in, so to speak. But maybe dropped off energy-wise. Kansas State's defense is good. And if Kansas State's defense is good now, imagine what that defense is going to be in a few months. So I think that's very exciting. I will take Marquette, but I am very interested to see if Kansas uh, State can make it a couple of impressive wins here.
2: Yeah, and the Wildcats will need to step it up offensively. Both teams today shot in the 30s from the field. (laughs) That's not going to win you a ton of games. All right, our last game is the Baylor. Villanova game. Scott?
1: Well, a Baylor's a five and a half point favorite, as we've put it in this one. I will go with Villanova to keep this one closer. I, I actually think Baylor wins. I do think Baylor is the better team. Uh, I've been really impressed just generally with Scott Drew. I think he's typically been underrated because he's found a way to get talent, first of all, uh, to Waco and then kind of continue to build and grow. His teams have uh, given Bill Self's team's fits for a while now and obviously won a national championship. So uh, I like what Scott Drew is doing. Close game, Villanova, but I think Baylor is certainly capable of winning by a lot.
2: I'm gonna go with baylor on this one mm-hmm. yeah that's gonna be my last pick i think they've been playing really well and i think uh they're gonna cover the spread here mm-hmm. again make your picks on our twitter page that is at the drive 13. and now it is time for our on the clock segment on the clock is sponsored by carpet one by local for a strong local community let's start with you scott
1: well it's not just a big week for uh, kansas basketball and obviously kansas football not in a bowl game they're on hold for a little bit but kansas volleyball Uh, has been really impressive, winning two games in the NCAA tournament after winning four games to close out the regular season, including a sweep of Kansas State, that had they not taken care of business, there might have been some question about whether or not they would have even made the field for the NCAA tournament. I think this team set a tone, maybe a new tone with you know, winning both of those games, especially after they were trailing in one of them or matches against uh, Kansas State and then kind of taking it to Oregon, winning a game against Creighton and now getting to test itself against one of the best teams in the country. I've been really impressed with this Kansas volleyball program under Ray Bouchard in my time covering Kansas. Obviously, they have a Final Four. They had a ton of success just in the 2010s, what they were able to do with players like Kelsey Payne and Nisa Havili. I think this is an opportunity for Kansas to build something so incredibly impressive impressive for them.
2: Yeah, they've been a ton of fun Mm -hmm. to watch lately. I'm going to stick on the volleyball front and go with the Washburn volleyball team. They're in the Elite Eight this Thursday. Now, they've taken down three top 25 teams to get there, including the number one team in the nation. They beat MIAA rival UCM uh, to make it to the to the round they were just in. Then they beat number uh, 15 Concordia St. Paul, so a bunch of big wins for them. This is a talented senior group. A lot of super seniors returning for their COVID year to get to this point, so uh, excited to see where they go, and they're certainly playing hot at the right time. They're going to be a tough one to knock out.
1: Well, that's it for The Drive, and we will see you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon
0: when a thought hits you.